0: Today, the word in part five is honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Exodus twenty twelve says this, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. Listen, if there was ever a sermon that you wanted to pay your children to listen to and take notes, this is going to be the sermon today. Everybody's going to want the CD. You're going to pay your kids $100 every month to re-listen to this sermon, to take notes over again. It's well worth it. Honor your father and your mother. Okay, I believe that out of all ten commandments, this is the most difficult, by far. The reason is, and I hate to sound uh, cliche or, 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 you know, like it's, like rude, but it's because a lot of people have daddy issues. A lot of people have mommy issues. I have a good, good friend of mine here in this church. Good friend of mine. Uh, in his first marriage, when he got a divorce, he realized towards the end of that marriage, when the divorce happened that his father had been having a five-year-long affair with his wife. Yet the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. I have a friend of mine, she loves her mom so much and she desperately wants to be in a relationship with her mother, but every single time she texts her mom, messages her, calls her, emails her, every time the mother's response is always either negative, manipulative, or full of self-pity every single time i mean not she can't say happy mother's day without the mom responding in negatively manipulatively or in a self-pity mode yet the bible says to honor your father and your mother i have a good friend of mine in my early 20s we were at a church service and the spirit of god was just moving and there was prayer and and tears and afterwards i could tell he was really battling something and we sat at the back of church and talked and he told me the story he, he said John Paul, I battle homosexuality. And he talked about when he was a child, he was crying and he was tearing and snotting everywhere. And he said, my father, and he meant to say abandon us, but he said, my father aborted us. I thought that was very interesting that he mixed up those two words. When his father left when they were young, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe he found another woman and got married. Maybe he just didn't want kids. Maybe he got a job making millions of dollars and left his family. For whatever reason, he left his child, his son and the two sisters, And they were raised by the uncle. The uncle sexually molested and abused my friend for two years when he was 12 to 14 years old. And my friend said that he believes that's why he battles homosexuality. And I'm not saying that for all homosexuals, but for this, my friend, this individual story, he attributed his homosexual tendencies to being completely destroyed mentally physically sexually when he was a young man by his uncle to this day now my friend is now married to a man completely living a homosexual lifestyle he attributes it to his uncle molesting him and he attributes his uncle molesting him to his father who walked out on him yet the bible says honor your father and your mother i read that 600 women in america have abortions every year but there are 19.7 children without their father in their life we get on ladies for having abortions but more men have abortions than women because they leave their children same thing yet the bible says honor the man that walked out on you honor the woman who's negative manipulative never tells you you're pretty never tells you you're good enough always finds fault in you always you need to lose weight you don't do your children right you need to work harder Honor. yet the bible says honor that woman honor the man who doesn't even care about paying bills? And you go from one house to the next house to the next house. Not enough food. Eating ramen noodles all the time. Yet the Bible says honor that person. How in the world can we honor our father and mother when we have people like that in our life? You know, Bob and Cindy Raff, who are elders at this church. They never had any natural children. Um, they have way more spiritual children than they want now. They probably you know stop calling me, texting me, kids. But anyway, and so. It would be so easy to honor your father and mother if your father was Bob and your mom was Cindy. Do you know how many women would have loved to have had Cindy as a mom to encourage them and tell them they're beautiful and Cindy's always full of joy, she's always positive? They would have loved that, but Cindy's not their mom. Do you know how many men would have loved to have had Bob to teach them how to build things and go golfing and joke around and fish and hang out? It would have been easy to honor your father if your father was Bob Raff, but that's not the parent that God gave you. Not everybody in here has children, but every one of us in this room have a mother and have a father. Every one of us. So how do we honor them? Now, biblically, um, there's, there's one definition of the word honor, not the one I'm about to show you, but there's one definition that was don't ever let your parents starve, don't ever let them be homeless, and never speak negatively of them. And so people were thinking, well, I'm honoring them because I'm not, I'm not letting them starve, and they're, they're not homeless, and I'm not talking about it, so I'm honoring them. But God got in there and said, listen, that's not enough. That's not the outside, but you still dishonor them in your heart. You might not talk negatively about them on the outside, but your heart is full of dishonor. Your heart is full of mockery towards them. So God told the Israelites, you know what? This is one of the Ten Commandments. There's four of them that carry the death penalty. This one is going to carry the death penalty. If you dishonor your parents, if you're rebellious, you're going to die. Let me ask you this. Children that grow up disobedient and rebellious, what happens to them? On drugs, jail, they kill themselves. Literally, with with their lifestyle. So the other definition of honor, which we're going to study today, which is more deeper and which is a heart thing, is this. Honor weighing heavy to carry weight. This means that that person's words have value in your life. They carry weight. You're concerned about them. Their needs carry weight in your life. So how in the world do we let these people who we think have not parented us correctly, how in the world do we allow them to carry weight in our life? I'm going to teach you. Um, Because this is one of the commandments that carried the death penalty, my three points today are in the negative form. Dishonor prevents blame. Now I could have done honor produces yada yada, but that wasn't enough for some reason if i told you if you honor your husband he will gravitate toward you you'll think that's great but if i tell you this if you dishonor your husband not only is going to stay away from you sexually emotionally mentally but he's going to connect with somebody else who does honor him more if i tell you that you'll honor your husband you understand you got to see the negative a lot of times in our life we have to know if you don't touch the hot stove you won't you won't get burned okay that's fine But if you touch it, it's gonna burn the mess out of you. They won't touch it after that. They realize, okay, this is what happens, okay? So, my three points are in the negative. I am gonna give you three positives in there, but the goal is to let you know what will happen in your life if you dishonor the people God's put in your life. You ready? Say, oh yeah. Okay, number one is this dishonor prevents faith and belief for miracles. Dishonor prevents miracles. Dishonor stops your faith. Let me explain. This is so cool. So here was the commandment. If you, Listen, there's 10 commandments, right? Everybody say 10. 10. God said, here's one of them that will cause you to come out of Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land, and you'll live there a long time. Okay? He brings them out of Egypt, and he says, listen, here's the one out of the 10. The thing you want the most, well, more than anything, you want the miracle of entering into the promised land. And not only will you enter there, you'll live there a long time. Who wants to finally make it there and live there one day? God said, you'll live there a long time, right? That was the promise. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother. Your days will be long upon the land which I'm giving you. That was the promise. They didn't even make it to the promised land. Why did they not make it to the promised land? Here's why. They never learned the principle of honoring your parents. Why is it so important to grow up learning how to honor your parents? Because that's the first authority in your life. And when you don't honor that authority growing up, you tend to think, well, these other people are just like these people. In other words, when the father said, I'll always be there for you, and then the father walks out on you, they have this mentality. Well, if my dad walked out on me, then whatever God says isn't true either. They grew up thinking, if this authority doesn't keep their word, this authority won't keep their word. It's just a natural thing. When the mom says, if you do that again, I'm going to spank you, and they do it again. Okay, I'm serious. This time I'm going to spank you. And they do it again. I'm telling you, if you do it one more time, I'm going to spank you. Then finally the mom says, honey, spank him if they do it again. The child thinks, well, my mom doesn't keep her word. So why should I believe God's going to keep his word? God said, go into the promised land, and if you fight, I'll make sure you win. And they didn't even believe he would do what he said he would do because they didn't grow up believing their parents would keep their word. Hebrews 3.15, if you hear God's voice... In other words, if you hear the voice of the greatest authority in your life, if you hear the voice of the one that brought you into this world, if you hear the voice of the one who loves you and will take care of you, don't harden your heart like those in the wilderness. The Israelites, verse 19, they didn't enter the promised land, here's why, of their unbelief. How is honor tacked to to belief and faith they didn't believe god would do what he said he would do when he spoke because they grow up not believing their parents would keep their word the parents didn't honor their word so they thought you know what god's probably not going to honor his word and if you don't believe god will honor his word you can't receive the miracles he has in your life because belief is attached to believing his word is the final authority what god says is true his word is the final authority of my life. And if we, if we grew up believing our parents keep their word, we naturally believe what well, God's going to keep his word too. Let me show you another one. Mark 6, 1 through 6. Jesus came to his own hometown where he grew up. Everybody say hometown. He began to teach in the synagogue. And people that listened said, man, listen to this guy's wisdom. And they say he can do miracles with his hands. Is this not the guy that was nailing the two by fours at my house the other day? is this not my father who i heard burp just last night is this not my husband who leaves his dirty underwear on the floor he's got an anointing in his life he can do something great for god is this not my wife who just cussed the other day and she's gonna lead me in praise and worship? Is this not the person that I know the most? Micah doesn't, because I'm joking with you. Anyway, is this not the the, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? They were offended at their disapproval, blinded them. It blinded them. But Jesus said, and this is one of the most famous scriptures in the whole Bible, a prophet is not without honor except. In other words, a man of God, a woman of God, they have honor when they're at work, And new customers come in, they think they're great. They have honor when they meet somebody else. They have honor with people out of town. But the place they don't get the honor is in their own hometown, among their relatives, in their own house. And he, the son of the living God, could do no miracles because of their... No honor, no miracles... Jesus said the ones you should actually honor the most. The one who wiped your butt when you were a baby. The one who paid for your food growing up. The one who lives with you and helps you raise your children. The one who serves you at church. The ones you should honor the most are the ones you don't honor. Here's why. You're familiar with them. You know their flaws. You heard them burp the other day. You know their flesh patterns. You say, man, I wish I had Bob and Cindy as a parent. They're so great. The closer you get to them, the closer you'll find out they have issues too. (laughs) At least Cindy says that about Bob. I don't know (laughs) if it's true or not. I don't think Cindy has any issues. But either way, familiarity breeds contempt. And, And young people don't know the word contempt. It means disrespect. Familiar comes from the word, listen, family. Those who you are familiar with the most... Here's what it's saying. Those who you're most familiar with are the very ones who you disrespect in your life. Isn't that sad? You know, Bermuda is the, one of the greatest places of honor I've ever, their whole culture is honor. I cannot beg them to call me John Paul. I mean, I'm in my bathing suit, no shirt on, they're giving me a ride to the beach. Just call me John Paul. No, pastor, pastor, pastor. I said, it, they finally started calling me Pastor John Paul. At least I got my name in there somewhere. I could, not, I could not beg them. I could not pay them to dishonor the title that God's given. I couldn't do it. They're so full of honor. They're one of the richest islands. You know what? They're owned by England. You know what England says about their political officials? God save the queen. Savor her, her. Keep her long life. You know what we say about our political officials? <laughs> we don't say that. Do you know this is the reason that pastors are the loneliest profession in the world? Because the closer they get to somebody, the more that person says, oh man, I didn't know they were human. Now that I know they're human, I don't have to respect them anymore. It took me, it's taken me over a decade. I finally have real friends in my life who I can go to a comic book store on Saturday and on Sunday at church, the song they've been practicing all week, I can say, instead of that song, I really feel like I want you to do this one. And they say, okay, why? You're the pastor. I finally have a friend I can go out to eat with and have a drink of wine if I want to. And on Sunday mornings, I can say during the announcements, I want you using a lightsaber instead of your, you know, your airplane things. And they'll say, okay, here's why. You're the pastor. They recognize the position. Here's how you honor your parents. Number one is this. You honor your parents' position. The very fact, Now, I'm not yet talking about what they've done for you, any of that stuff. The very fact that God allowed them to be the two people... The position that brought you into this world, the very fact that they are in that position, you honor them because of that position. When you go to a courtroom, uh, what does the judge say? If you have disrespect or or, or you you, you dishonor the courtroom, the judge says, I'm going to put you in what? Contempt. What do we refer to the judge as? Your? So dishonor, you get put in contempt. Let me ask you a question. What if the judge is a woman? Do you still honor her? What if she's black? Do you still honor her? Yes. What if she's Muslim? Do you still honor her? Yes. What if she's Democrat or Republican or from another country? Do you still honor her? Yes. Why? The position. the position. You are required to honor her because how much more should you honor the position of the husband in your life or the wife in your life or the parents that God's given you simply because they are in that position? Everybody say position. Position. Yes. Let me give you one more scripture on this point. I love, I love, I love this point. Matthew 8, 5 through 13. A centurion, now a centurion is a man who has how many soldiers under him? A hundred, a hundred, centurion, a hundred soldiers under him. Ready? Came to Jesus asking for help. Lord, my servant's paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said, okay, shall I come heal him? Look what, look what the man said. Come to my house. No, Jesus, you don't need to come and heal him. All you have to do is say the word, and he'll be healed. Here's how I know this. I'm a man under authority. I'm a man in authority with soldiers under me. I tell one, go, he goes. I tell one, come, he comes. Verse 10. Now, you read your Bible. You try to find somewhere else in the Bible where it says, Jesus Christ was amazed by another human being. Okay, watch this. Jesus was amazed when he heard this. He said, I haven't found anybody, not even in God's country of Israel. The centurion was a Roman. I haven't even found anybody in Israel with such great faith. Let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Here's my question. Why did this soldier have such great faith? Here's why. He understood the principle of authority. He understood the position of authority he thought this when i'm in charge i don't beg people under me to do this and i call them 10 times and please they know i'm the one in this position so when i say it they do it i have people over me they don't have to beg me to do my job they don't beg me to do what i said i would do and keep my word and call me 10 times you said you do it please do it all they got to do is say it and i do it jesus you're a man of authority you have authority over heaven And earth, you don't need to come to my house. You don't need to say it 10 times. You speak it once and it'll happen. That's how authority works. He had such great faith because he grew up understanding the principle of honoring the position the person's in. Uh, Let me say one more thing and I'll I'll be done with this point. Uh, I'm going to say something and it's going to sound very arrogant, okay? But it's biblical. After I say that, I'm going to say it a different way. And it's the same point, a different way. And you're going to say, oh, I love that point now. It sounds great. Okay. Here's the arrogant way. If you want to have any, if you want to hear the clearest, most audible voice from God concerning anything at this church, the highest, most audible, clearest voice from God will be that from the senior pastor, from me, because I'm in that position. There's other positions of authority, and we respect that. But the highest position to hear the clearest voice of God, okay? It's not always accurate, but it is the most clearest audible voice from God you'll ever hear concerning anything here is from me, okay? Sounds arrogant, but it's true. Let me say it a different way. If you're under 18 years old, the clearest, most highest level of voice audible voice from god you will ever hear concerning anything in your life is from your mom and your dad because they're in a position that god allowed them to be in and we have to honor that position that's point number one okay number two is this dishonor prevents god-ordained relationships dishonor prevents god-ordained uh, relationships Uh, There are relationships before the foundation of the earth that God ordained you to be in. And regardless of how that person treats you or what they do, our dishonor can stop them from being in our life. Let me say this. You know what we do as Christians, and this is so funny. I love studying human nature. um, We tend to try to ask God, what is the least painful way I can obey you? In other words, God, I understand I'm supposed to honor my parents, But what is the very minimum amount I can do? What is the least that I can get involved in? What is the smallest that I can do? And you still be pleased with me. Rather than saying, God, what is the greatest thing I can do in which I'm going to need a lot of your grace to help get me through? I need your help. I need your comfort. I need your wisdom. But I want to do the very best that I can do in the situation, even if it causes me pain. That's what we should be asking. There are relationships God wants you to be in and you're thinking in your head, well, I'm doing just enough for God to be okay with me when you should be saying, even though it causes me so much pain, what's the most I can do to honor you, God, in which I'm going to have to draw from your power in my life? Let me show you some stories. Numbers 12, 1 through 9. Miriam, who was the worship leader and Aaron, who was the assistant pastor, spoke against Moses. Now, they didn't like a decision Moses made. He was in charge and they didn't go to him. They went to themselves. It's so interesting. They said this. Hasn't the Lord spoken through us? Doesn't he speak to us too? And it says the Lord heard what they said. And we know God hears everything. But when they started talking about Moses, God butts in the conversation. And he says this. How dare you speak against my servant? Let Miriam be banished from the camp for seven days. God excommunicated her. From the relationship that she was supposed to be in, because she showed dishonor, he. Ex- how many times have we had to send our children away, or to live with somebody else, or something, or just ask somebody just step away because they don't know how to honor the position that God's put somebody in. Every child has had this thought. Well, God speaks to me too. They may not say that, but they think I know better too. I know how to handle this. If you let me do this, I know what I'm doing. I know. How to- I know more than you, mom. I know more than you, dad. Listen. Jesus was the only teenager who actually did know more than his parents, yet he still subjected himself to their authority. Every employee has had this thought, I know more than my boss. You may, but God didn't allow you to be in that position. God didn't allow you to be the parent. He allowed you to be the child. It's so funny. We spend 18 years with our parents trying to mold us and change us and, you know, help us grow And then once we get to a certain age, you know what we do? We try to go in there and change our parents. And mold them and fix them. And you better do like I say. How arrogant can we possibly be? You never changed your parents' diapers. At least not yet, I don't know. But you didn't change. You never took them to school. You never clothed them. And you think it's okay for you to try to fix them and tell them what to do? Why don't you first serve them as much as they've served you in your life? Yes, they did some bad things. Yes, they made poor choices. Who cares? I'm talking about the right things. He he banished Miriam because she spoke against that person in that position. God doesn't want to have to separate you from these people, but he will if you're going to keep dishonoring them. Miriam could not receive what she was supposed to receive from the family, from the group, because God told her to go away. So here's the second way you honor your parents. You honor your parents' godliness. You honor their godliness. What does that mean? That means this. The Bible says whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, think on these things, right? Here's what that means in modern day. It means this. If that person is 99% evil, it's your job to find the 1% they are doing right and focus on that. Your parents may not have treated you right or they didn't do this for you or that for you or they abused you or whatever they did. Listen, I bet you never went to school naked. And evidently, none of y'all have starved to death. <laughs> they fed you. I bet you they changed your diapers. If your parents had any part in bringing you to church or telling you about Jesus, that one reason, if they did nothing else, if, they didn't, if you went to school naked, if you were starving half your life, if you never got a haircut, if they did nothing else for you, And the only thing they did was somehow they had a way to get you in church or to tell you about Jesus. That enough is a reason to honor. Here's why. Other people didn't do that for you, and you're honoring other people. You honor a lot of people in your life that never told you about Jesus. You honor people that give you money more than you honor the people that give you Jesus. Somebody can say, come on, besides my one sister in the church. Y'all are allowed to say amen. Amen okay too late i already t- after i tell you to do it it doesn't count <laughs> okay so here's what happens when you're under 18 years old you you have to obey your parents and we'll talk about that in a second once you're over 18 when you're no longer under their authority they're not paying your cell phone they're not paying your house or anything like that here's the here's the best way for you to learn how to honor their godliness you honor the fact that they are now elders in your life they're your elders and you think about Bob and Cindy and other elders here. If you, if you needed a place to stay and you're over 18 and Bob and Cindy said, come stay at our house, wouldn't you offer them some type of money or work or offer to clean the house or cut the grass or something? Well, you would do that. Why? Because you respect them. They're elders. You'd honor them. If Bob and Cindy texted you and said, hey, um, how are you doing? You would respond, wouldn't you? Well, why? Because they're elders you say no it's because i like them no 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 you like them because you don't know any flaws about them you like them because you only see the good and you choose to see the good you need to treat your parents the same way you would any elder in the church it says in leviticus 19 32 honor the gray head of an old man 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders be worthy of double honor. Romans 13.7, give respect to whom respect is owed and honor where honor is due. There's something your parents have done for you in which you actually owe them some honor. I bet if you went back and looked at your life and got rid of all the negative stuff, I bet you'd find so many different things in which you actually owe them some honor. Same thing with your husband, same thing with your wife and the other people that God's put inside of your life. If you don't, it's going to destroy relationships. Uh, there was this child, 13 years old, and he presented his mom with a bill one day. It said, I took out the garbage every day this week, $7. I cleaned my room last night, $2. I fed the dog the past three days, $3. When he got done with the bill, the bottom of it said, final bill total, $25. He handed it to his mom. His mom looked over it, and she turned it around and decided to write herself A bill to him it said this i washed and ironed your clothes for 13 years ten thousand dollars i purchased and prepared your meals for 13 years twenty thousand dollars i was your stay-at-home nurse every time you were sick i held your head over the toilet i changed your dirty diapers I made sure you got to school, you never starved. On and on it went 25,000, 35,000, 45,000 at the very bottom and said, Total bill, I love you. (laughs) Listen, if you've ever thought in your head, I don't like my parents, listen real close. They've thought more than that about you. I don't really like my kids right now. (laughs) Don't ever think that you're very likable all the time. Your parents have not liked you more times than you've not liked them. They love you, but they may not like you all the time. I heard about this, these two fathers who were talking one day, uh, talking about the cost of having children. And one dad said to the other dad, he said, you know what, it's worth it just to have somebody in our house who knows how to work the DVD player. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the first thing that Hitler did when Adolf Hitler wanted to change an entire nation to become the world's most evil group ever, the first thing he did was he went to the children And he said, if any of your parents disagree with Nazism, turn them in. The first thing he did to change an entire nation and to be the most evil is he went to the kids and said, dishonor your parents. The first thing God did to take an uncivilized group of people and make them civilized, the first thing he said about humans is this, honor your parents. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Point number three is this. Dishonor prevents prosperity and long life dishonor prevents prosperity in life okay so there's some weird christians out there that say the old testament and the commandments aren't relevant and blah 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 and we're under grace and all this stupid stuff let me tell you this there are more commandments in the new testament that are harder old testament says thou shalt not kill right new testament says love your enemy whoa 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 i'd rather just not kill them send me to the old testament no i need you to love them that's how grace is love them there's a New Testament commandment on parenthood, and it says this in Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. It's quoting uh, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, where the other commandments are. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment that has a promise. And here's the promise. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on earth. Okay. First, let me tell you about obedience versus uh, honor, okay? If you're under their authority, you obey. If you're 40 years old and you're living in their house, you obey what they tell you about that home because they are your landlords. If they have their if your cell phone is in their name and they pay your cell phone, you answer the cell phone when they call, you have to obey what they say to do. If they pay your insurance on your car, you better drive where they tell you to drive and do what they tell you because you're under their authority. When you're under 18, you're always under your every area is under their authority, okay? So when you're under their authority, you obey, obey, obey. Once you are out from their authority, you honor. If you start honoring when you're under 18, you will get more um, trust. You'll gain more trust with your parents. You're supposed to obey, but when you start honoring, they'll give you more. I promise you. Okay, that's honor and obedience. But when people quote the scripture and they say, oh, the commandment says that you'll live a long time if you honor your parents. That's not what it says. That's part of it, but that's misquoting it. The scripture, the promise is actually this. Not only will you live a long time, but things will go well with you. Who wants to live a long time if things aren't going well with them? You have two kids raised by the same two parents. One, they're living long and things are going well. One, they're living long, things aren't going well. What's the difference? One knew how to honor, one dishonored. That's the difference. The promise is you'll live long and have prosperity in your life. So, let me ask you a question. In fact, let me do this. Let's pretend like you didn't hear anything I've said today, okay? Let's just erase everything out of your mind. Forget all the stuff about all the parents and all that stuff. Let me ask you a question. By show of hands, how many of you love God, you want to honor God, and you believe God's word is true? Raise your hand if that's the case. Okay. Here's number three. Then you honor God, by honoring your parents, in other words, forget their position, forget their godliness, none of that. Just put all that stuff aside. If you want to honor God, you have to honor your parents. Man. If that's the only point I had today, that that that's that's enough to kick you. You know that that's that's gonna. I mean that hurts. If there's nothing, no other reason, you have no other reason to honor your parents. They were the devil. They were horrible. They're evil. The very fact that God says, do it, is enough if you call yourself a child of God to honor your parents. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to uh, show you a scripture real quick, and then we'll, we'll close. But this, in Proverbs 30, uh, 11 through 15, it's, this is just so amazing to me, okay? Watch this. There's a generation, I'd say maybe three or four generations ago, that began to curse its father and doesn't bless its mother. Then maybe two or three generations ago, they thought they were pure in their own eyes. In other words, everything they did was right. Everything. And there's nothing wrong with me. I can do everything. Then their teeth are like swords. In other words, their words are so sharp. We see it on social media everywhere, okay? Here's what they turn into. Watch this. The leech has two daughters. Give me and give me more. They're never satisfied. They never say that's enough. They never say thank you. Okay, watch this. It starts with dishonor, and it ends with a generation of entitlement. Give me and give me more. I deserve this. I want this. They make decisions based on what they think they deserve. Well, they're going on vacation, so we're going to do this, and they get paid this, so we want this. My friend has a car this much, so I deserve a car this much. You don't deserve squat. The fact that you live in America should be enough for you to praise the Lord every day. And if you don't like it, go to a different country. (laughs) They're never satisfied don't go to Bermuda because I'm going there sometime. I don't want to see you there. Don't go to Bermuda. They're never satisfied. They never say thank you. That's enough. It starts with dishonor and it ends with entitlement. Man, that's sad. That is so, that is, that's what the world's turning into. Um, you know, family was God's idea. I just say, you know, family, it was God's idea for you to have two parents. That was God's idea. So how do you honor the parents that are homosexuals? How do you honor the parents that never gave you a birthday growing up? How do you honor the parents that always tell you there's something wrong with you, you're not good enough, never affirm... How, how How do you do it? Here's how. Choose to. You know when you forgive somebody you don't wait for them to forgive you. You're supposed to forgive them because you're a Christian. Well, they didn't forgive me. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to forgive them. They don't honor me. They might not have had the truth that you now have. Amen. They may have been abused when they were growing up. They may have not had enough food growing up. They did the best they could. I bet you they did the best they could. Who knows what mental instability they had? Who knows what problems they grew up with? Who knows... We're finding so much out in the medical community today. Who knows what issues they had? Who knows? Who knows? You do it because God says to do it. Maybe, Maybe you say, well, why did God let me be born in this house? Why couldn't I have been born in Bob and Cindy's house? Maybe God wanted to teach you how to forgive on such a deep level that you would never experience in any other relationship that you would never put yourself in a position to be promoted Do you know the more you honor God, the more promotion you get? Maybe God wanted you to learn how to go through something so tough in life so you could help other people. Maybe God wanted you to rely on his grace. You know what we do? We go through relationships and we rely on our own strength. What makes me feel good, what's easy for me, and what makes me happy? And God says, no, 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 forget all that stuff. What makes me happy? Rely on my grace. You want to experience a lot of God's grace, you do something you don't want to do, and you do it for God. Uh, I'll close with this story. There's a, a famous pastor named Charles Stanley. He's one of the greatest ministers of the past hundred years. Amen. Charles Stanley's an accomplished author, uh, just a great man of God. He has that big Bible. I'll show you. I, I, I grew up watching Charles Stanley, and he always, every time you see him, he, his Bible's like this. It's like hanging over like three feet on both hands, you know, as that country Twain. He at one time pastored the world's largest Baptist church. This is before megachurches were all over. He was one of the first megachurches in Atlanta, Georgia. First Baptist church of Atlanta, Georgia. Very, very successful man. Everyone loved him. The whole world knew who he was. And In the year 2000, uh, something happened. He went through a divorce. He had spent too many years building a great big ministry and not enough years building a happy marriage. And his wife left. They remained friends, but... It's one thing for a minister to go through a divorce. It's another thing for a minister of a megachurch to go through a divorce. It's another thing for a minister of a megachurch who's Baptist to go through a divorce. Because in the Baptist Christian denomination at one time, you couldn't even be an usher in the church if you've been through a divorce in your life. And this happened to Charles Stanley. They called it the divorce that was heard around the world charisma magazine tbn every christian on the planet knew about charles stanley's divorce it didn't hurt his ministry as much as you would think him and his wife are still friends the person who it devastated the most was his son andy stanley andy had just stepped out to start his own church he was so excited to get wisdom from his dad and draw from his dad's experience week after week But when the divorce happened, Andy thought this, I'm so angry, I'm so disappointed in my dad's decision, I don't need him in my life anymore. I have other spiritual men in my life, I don't need my dad. Andy was happy doing his own thing and never talking to his father ever again. And then one day Charles called Andy's secretary and said, ask my son to meet me at that Mexican restaurant that we so enjoy for lunch tomorrow. When Andy got that message, his heart sunk. He thought, I never wanted to talk to my dad ever again. I hate that man. But in his mind, Andy knew if I call myself a man of God, I have to honor my father and my mother. So he said this, I'm going to go to the restaurant, but I'm not going to talk to (laughs) him. So Andy shows up at the restaurant and Andy says for one hour, they dipped chips in salsa and didn't say one single word. When the hour was up, they both got up and they left. Andy thought, "Woo, I'm done with that. Never got to do that again. And then next week, Charles called Andy said, meet me at that Mexican restaurant for lunch. Andy thought, why is he doing this to me? But I know I have to honor him. They went back, dipped chips, not one single word. Week after week after week, every single week, the father asked the son to lunch. The son showed up and not a word was spoken. Weeks of silence turned into months. After several months, the silence turned into one or two sentences. One or two sentences finally turned into a few paragraphs. A few paragraphs finally turned into laughter, seeking counsel, wisdom from each other. Today their relationship is totally restored and Andy is in the top ten most influential pastors in the world right now. He attributes it all, not to the mistake his father made, but to the fact that he honored his dad in spite of that human flaw.